You are listening to the Star Coach Podcast with Meg Rentschler, Episode 76. I think that we have a unique opportunity, and the reason for that is everywhere I've been, in every country, coaching is the same language. It's a language of curiosity and connection. And even if I'm interpreted, you know, and I have to wait for the interpretation, when I see the lights go on for people, it's instant recognition. So I think we have a unique place in this evolution of mankind. Welcome to Star Coaches, the show for professional coaches that brings you coaching strategies, tools, and resources. Whatever your focus or niche, take a front seat weekly as industry leaders, decision makers, and innovators share their wisdom and expertise on the ins and outs of successful coaching. Now join your host, Meg Rinchler, as she connects you with your star coaching potential. Hello and welcome to the Star Coach Show. I'm your host, Meg Rentschler. I'm really happy that you're here with us today as we continue our journey in exploring different kinds of strategies and resources and different insights that will hopefully help strengthen your journey forward as a coach. Now, early on when I was conceptualizing the show, I knew that I wanted to bring very experienced coaches onto the show to be able to share their perspective or their approaches with us and help us see what they're doing to be successful and how they are impacting the world through their services. Well, our guest today is an absolutely perfect example of that. Master Certified Coach DJ Mitch is joining us today. And we touch on so many different subjects through the show. I think you're going to walk away with a lot of good information to think about, starting with DJ's approach. DJ states herself that she has one foot in the world of spirit and one foot firmly planted in the world of business. She and her husband are very successful executive coaches who do team coaching with huge numbers of teams. She's going to talk to us about a program that she worked with 60 teams in her Team Advantage program. We're talking about her book, Zombies to Zealots, Reawaken the Human Spirit at Work. And DJ is going to share different perspectives of how she came to write that book and how her perspective impacts the way that she interacts with her clients, how she is received, and the impact that she's able to make not only in the world of business, but in the world of coaching. She is truly a leader within the coaching industry, including being a past president of the ICF and has incredible energy and focus that I'm excited for all of us to share in together. So let's go to our interview with DJ Mitch. DJ, good morning and welcome to the Star Coach Show. Good morning, Meg. It's my pleasure. Really to be here. 
It has been a delight to meet you, and I am so excited what you're going to bring to the show today. We are going to start with talking about this fabulous titled book that you have, Zombies to Zealots, Reawaken the Human Spirit at Work. What led you to this creation? Well, you know, there are a lot of knuckle draggers out there right now looking for their spirit to come back to wholeness, right? And every time I closed the door to some of the client work I was doing, it was like, you know, I really want to see these people come to life. And we had the, actually, we had the experience of working with a major initiative. And I set out to write a book about that called Revolution, Changing the Game of Work, because we had worked with 60 teams simultaneously in a change initiative at a pharmaceutical company. And you're saying six zero, 60 teams. 60 teams. Wow. We had trained an internal cadre of coaches to deliver this process and to work as change agents. And so I had a lot of research from that. We had a benchmark survey when we began and we had an exit survey when we completed the work and the engagement moved from 61.4%, sort of not where they wanted to be and not relevant to where the company was or, or at the same place that the company was in other countries. And so they wanted to lift. And when we ended the work, it was 90.4%. So almost 30 points in less than a year. And so from that work and the research that we had, that was uh, well worth bringing forward. Yeah. Right. I decided to write a book. So long story short, I went to a writer's workshop with Sam Horn, who is a coach to coaches, as you might know, and has written, uh, she's called the intrigue expert, if you want to look her up online. But Sam had 15 of us in a writer's workshop and we had Olympians, we had ex-gamers, we had people from many walks of life who were all in writing projects. And we each got three minutes to present our writing project. And I had my manuscript. I was going to get an A right in the class. <laughs> and script up and started talking about this book and the research. And this young man sitting next to me took it out of my hands and stepped on it and said, oh, no, no. We'd had dinner the night before and he said, that is so not who you are. You're not the researcher. You're a funny, smart-ass woman. Now tell us what you do for people. Tell us the heart and soul of that book. And I said, well, <laughs> you know, I said, what I do is I bring people back to life at work. That's what this is about. And he said, and because? So because they become zombified. <laughs> he said, and when you finish with them, the outcome? I said, we are, they are, zealed out. They're enthusiastic about their work. He said, that's the name of your book, Zombies to Zealots. And I stood up and it was like, yes. Everybody in the room stood up and applauded and said, we'd buy that based on the title. So I'm hoping that actually happens. But he really, really challenged me. And I think it came from some place inside and outside of him. It came from the conversation I think we all wanted to be in, which is about the bigger work we're doing on this planet as coaches and for some of them as superstars, right? what's their platform, what's their voice. So that's what set me on the course to write the book. And the title came from that. That is when you had told me, well, you know, I wrote this book, Zombies to Zell, I thought, really? And as I was looking through the book, I was really pulled into so many of the concepts that, well, they all spoke to me. And you talk about this big initiative you had uh, around team coaching can you tell me a little bit about what you do sort of date? What, what is the product or the, or the service that you and your husband provide to the companies you work with? Oh, that's great. We work 
executive coaching is one of the channels of the business. And that's typically how you get in, which is what I would say to your coaching audience, right? You really work one-on-one and do a great job. And everybody who's a leader has a team. So we developed a team framework I did back in 1995 uh, called the Team Advantage. And the Team Advantage was something that I just sort of backed into. I saw a United Way campaign in the back of a room one day and eight guys sitting around the table with monogram cuffs and you know, talk, boring each other about what they were going to do in the coming year, setting strategy. And I was good at strategy. So I shook it up a little bit. I'd had just enough coaching skill training under my belt to ask them some really tough questions. So so that became a process. And I learned with that first team really what to do and the stages and the phases of team development, which is the, you know, they form, they storm, and they always do if they're going to get anywhere. And that's where the coaching gets rich. They norm their behaviors and then they perform. And we added an informed stage on the front side where we interview people to really get clear about what it is they want to accomplish, the outcomes that they think are possible and what would be extraordinary. And then on the the end, after they're performing and in sync and they have a team charter and ways of working together, we have at the very end of that, we have a, a transformational celebration because they do transform and they do that in four months. Uh, Dr. Bruce Tuckman was the originator of this, the four phases that I, I spoke about, the, you know, the teams form and then they storm and, and et cetera. And when he was doing his research in 1968 through 72, long time ago, what he saw is it took about two years for these teams to really coalesce and come together. And I will tell you that nobody has time for that anymore, right? We live in a world where speed is one of the factors of the work that we do. And so that's a piece that we have brought to life. We've trained 400 coaches and our goal is to train a thousand coaches within this year. Within um, this year in 2018. Yeah, wow. Thousand coaches. Some of those are internal to organizations. So that we think is, is possible. And to in the next five years to touch 10,000 teams. So that's how one neat. of the business. And what we do when we touch these teams, Meg, is that we give them a process they can replicate after we're gone. So we're teaching people in the old um, metaphor, right? We're teaching people to fish. And so that's been really rewarding work for us. And then the, the third channel of business for us is we have a healthcare coaching institute. A lot of the work we've done has been in life sciences in some way, in pharmaceuticals and payer markets, insurance and uh, hospital systems. And so we have, uh, a body, we have a group of people who are experts there and we have a partnership with Virginia Tech and their Center for Organizational and Technological Advancement where we house our schools. So we train physicians and we train people who are in pharma companies, you know, to come together and to really take a look at what's next in medicine and what healthcare really needs to be about. And that's kind of a toxic conversation, right? But that's an impactful place. So I'd say in all three channels of the business we do, including that we do the change initiatives around our team coaching process, we are looking for how do we create impact and something that's sustainable for these organizations and leaders to take forward. So that's a long way, long-winded answer. Well, because you're doing a lot of things. It's not like, oh, we do this one thing and we, you know, that's that's it. Thank you very much for asking. So so when you apply the what you've learned through Team Advantage and working with leaders in organizations, what are some of the things that you were seeing that were sort of zombifying? I'm not I don't say it as well as you, the leaders and the and the workers that, that you were trying to impact. 
Yeah, there are two big categories that I, I see surfacing more often than not. And one is that people stay in wrong jobs. And I say you sold your soul for a paycheck, right? So I call it golden handcuffs. So yeah. Yeah, the gold, mm-hmm. well, yeah, it's always been looked at as golden handcuffs. And, but it's really deeper than that, right? Mm-hmm. So as we're looking at the energy that people are bringing into their work today, what would happen if we all landed in right work? You know, even if we had to try some things on and move along and make sure that, that somebody replaced us. I, so that's, that's one of the pieces. And then the, I guess the bigger, another big piece is burned out superhero syndrome that people give their all to the work. And we, you know, they're sometimes called mombies, these superheroes, <laughs> you know, that a lot of times it's a, a particularly a female who is taking on the world in a way that as, you know, I've got to do everything perfect including, you know, the snacks for the kids' classroom for Valentine's Day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, so I see that's really a high-cost space. And then millennials are reshaping the way we work, and I think that's a good thing. You know, 9 to 5 came out of the Industrial Revolution, Monday through Friday. It came out of the Ford Motor Company, right, Henry? Yeah. Ford. And so we don't remember that that's how we got hooked up around the ways we work. And the millennials are looking at shared spaces. They're looking at, you know, filling the gaps like Uber did and, and others shared Airbnb. You know, all of that has been a force of this generation. And we have four and five generations now working together for the first time in history. And so when you look at the impact that has, you know, the what's next question is the big one for all of us, right? It's really big. So finding right work, I think, is one of the, the pieces that's missing. And I think that's why coaching was born or one of the reasons coaching was born. So when we work with people who may have been zombified at work and, and we're hoping to give them that zeal or help them tap back into their zeal, what are some of the things that you recommend to bring them reawaken their spirits? And your book is just filled with such great spiritual messages, by the way. Well, and it was like, that was the covert operation here, right? I wanted to embed some, a personal journey map really for people. So the first thing for people to do, and I've got an energy curve, right? That says, if you're looking at being resilient, being resilient, being resilient, that's a red flag. (laughs) That's where you start the slippery slope down. So there's some graphics and things for you to play with. And there's also a toolkit people can download, including coaches to, um, to work with their clients. But that was a lot of fun to create. And it was based on, you know, sort of a, a couple of different energy curves that I'd seen over the years that are used by psychologists. But this one was really a mapping of where I saw people meeting challenges and the chaos and the change in their environments. And when those things bubble up, where do you have the energy for performance? And so that's the first place is to look at you know, there's a, an assessment for if you're going down the slippery slope. And mm-hmm. a zombie. Uh, so it's to look at those two pieces and say, do I hate getting up in the morning on Monday mornings? You know, when Sunday night TV comes on, do I start the malaise and I do I start to, you know, groan, <laughs> look for a reason not to go? You know, where are people with their energy for performance? And so that's one of the first places to look. And then the second piece, which is the first chapter or or section, there are four sections of the book, but the first one is really around reawakening, calling your spirit back into your work. And a part of that is to almost think archetypally 
about who you are? You know, what is your best gift? And so there is a sort of a, a playful way of calling that back, right? Calling your spirit back. So many of us, I think, as little kids were teachers. And I saw that in both my kids. You know, they would line up little dolls and, and uh, they'd line up their animals and teach them when they were really small. And I did that. So I think a lot of people who are called into the coaching profession particularly had that. So it's like, what is the leader archetype? And, you know, what aspect of that really needs to be honed uh, in your life? And where are you most at ease and comfortable and feeling impact and contribution? So there's some questions to answer and some roadmaps for doing that. So, yeah, that's a place to start, right? <laughs> that's a great place to start. And, and, and to, to help people increase their awareness about what might be happening to them that they're maybe just so used to it being what it is, they're not even realizing that they've been zombified. Right, right. It's like, you know, where are you wistful about your world, the world around you and what you wish you could be doing? You know, the whole notion of retirement is also something that's at play for a large part of our workforce and the generation. And many of them, many people that I know and leaders that I've coached will go through that transition and they'll retire and then they'll go do something else that is a contribution, but that also needs an electronic paycheck. <laughs> and it's like, there's this, you know, this double dipping, but how do you, how do you create a way of bringing the full workforce forward in a way that, that honors the spiritual uh, connection that we all have. And it's a really interesting thing to watch. So right now I'm in the study of it. I don't think I have a lot of answers, but I definitely am asking the questions that I think coaches innately inherently ask. So if I ask you, Meg, so I'll turn the, the mic for a minute, you know, what was the thing that you did as a child that you really, that really brought you to life? What, you know, when were you playing that you thought, oh, I wish I could do this forever? What were, what were you? What character did you? I actually was very early on. I got bit by the bug of wanting to help children be happy. So I remember as a, as a young lady reading an article about runaways and um, the, the epidemic sort of this, this horrible where runaways would, would get caught up in horrible situations and, and be stuck away from home. And, and I thought, I want to grow up and help runaways. I, I specifically remember that and, and knew that I wanted to create some kind of a difference. I just, I, so I don't remember necessarily playing a particular thing, but I do remember as a young lady, I remember that article to this day. It was in the Detroit Free Press. Yeah, there you go. So something that called an aspect of you, you know, forward that touched you or ignited your spirit. We all have that, right? And it helped shape who you were as a psychotherapist, a social worker mm -hmm. before, mm -hmm. right? So, yep. Mm -hmm. So the work that you did originated from that. So if I were coaching you, you know, I'd be looking to see what really puts the light in your eyes, right? And how do you bring that forward? And you have in this profession of coaching. So Meg Wheatley said to us in 2001 um, in Chicago at the conference where I was handing the gavel over as the outgoing president. So this was my comment. And she had the keynote speech. And I remember her saying, we're not making this up. Coaching has been called out of us because this is our time to serve the universe. And for me, I had goosebumps, right? It was like, that's right. And what I see in this community is that people like you and me come to it, maybe at a different place in time, but that we're coming to it and we're recognizing each other right? The, 
that's the same thing I'm seeing in the leaders that are attracted to me for my work, right? And there's plenty to go around, right? We can only handle so much. There's, you know, the, the whole notion of competing and coaching has been like so odd to me because we, when we started this profession, you know, I was one of the original like 12, 13 people who began to meet as a coaches council and then decided we needed to have a federation or an organization that had professional ethics and standards, et cetera. So, so helping to shape this profession has been such an honor and the work that's been done by a body of people without competition was really interesting. And now it's like the haute couture designers, you know, and then you look at where the, the fashion is going with the whole notion of coaching into the discount department stores. All of it's necessary to be out there. And, and I guess another way of saying that is archetypally, you go from the scouts, pioneers, and settlers, right? So now we have the settlers in-house. What I would invite this group of people to really know and do is if there are 8 billion people on this planet, right? It's like, I think there's enough to go around. You know, we have, what, 4,500 coaches that are certified. It's like, we've still got a lot of big work to do. So. Yeah. Yeah. Don't look through scarcity. Yeah. And that, that's so nourishing. And not everybody is right for the every. So like you said, people are attracted to the kind of coaching that DJ does. Those are the people that are supposed to be working with you. And then there's other people that are going to be attracted to other coaches who do something else that speaks to them. There's right. enough to go around. Yeah. Right. And what you do, the people that you work with, um, are going to be in great hands, Meg, because of your complete background, you know, what you know about behavior and sort of the, the societies that people work and fit in. So we're lucky to have you. Well, thank you. What do you think this whole thing says about sort of the future of coaching? What You talked about what's next for some of the leaders that, and, and the, the organizations, but what about coaching? What do you think's next for coaching? You know, I think we're moving into cosmic coaching. <laughs> I probably should hashtag TM that. (laughs) (laughs) I think that what's showing up for me lately is the lens that I had when I first started coaching is high level intuition. And I'm seeing uh, orbs. I'm seeing light. I'm seeing, I mean, it's just showing, it's showing up outside my front door when I take a picture of snow. And so I'm posting those things and I just put them in as fun things. But what I notice is we're stepping into a whole new world. And the consciousness raising uh, that we've been about, really the underlying reason that we're doing this work is also connecting us to something that is going to be a light show, I think, soon. So what's coaching coaches' role in that? And how is it different from the religious leaders, the spiritual leaders, the governments you know, around the world? And I think that we have a unique opportunity. And the reason for that is everywhere I've been, in every country, coaching is the same language. It's a language of curiosity and connection. And even if I'm interpreted, you know, and I have to wait for the interpretation, when I see the lights go on for people, it's instant recognition. So I think we have a unique place in this evolution of mankind. So for me, that's the bigger game. Now, the question is, how do you bridge this where two worlds touch and make it normal enough for people? And that's been my work all along. It's like, you know, I don't steer away from those things. I'm a Reiki master. I've had a Reiki class in my home in the past few months, you know, for a lot of millennials, actually, and young people who are coming to that work. 
but there is a blending of what we understand of wisdom. And I think that's what it is. If we're wisdom keepers, there's a blending of that now that I think is really important for coaches to get their head around. It can't be just the science of coaching in the process. I got to tell you, I got annoyed if I can use that strong word. You can, <laughs> you wild woman. Yes. You got annoyed because I got annoyed. I was at, um, it was at a conference, uh, a European conference, where we were talking about the science of coaching in a small group. And the presenter got up to feature his assessment. And he started with pictures of World War II and Normandy Beach in helmets. And his first statement was, you know, there's been a war for talent. We're here to tell you that there's a move to a war on talent, and we're leading the charge. And I felt everything in me deflate. I was like, that is not the conversation that I want to be in. So I think we have, as wisdom keepers, you know, we have to look at the friction in the world and go, I'm not going to participate in that. I'm going to be about something that is taking away struggle from the vocabulary and inserting the word play so that we can look at things through light, through aspects and characteristics of the world that will help us really solve the problems we've got to solve instead of it being so heavy and competitive and tense. Tense, (laughs) yes. If we're going to create momentum, you know, we've got to do that. So that's what I see as the future. And I think we're just, I think those of us who started are kind of looping around. There's a new conversation for a dozen people to look at the future of coaching and what it holds that's outside of, you know, any professional society. It's just a group of us. And I think we've got to find those groups and whatever we're attracted to. The fact that you're putting us forward like this and that you have this personality that that shines through with this blog talk radio show. I think that's important work. And, you know, you are uniquely qualified to ask questions that are going to help somebody connect with the story in a way that will have them go, oh, wait a minute, they're talking to me. Right. Right. So we're going to bring people along. And I, I think that's what coaching was designed to do. Another very long answer. <laughs> no, but great. You you just are an incredible ambassador for coaching with your experience, but your your perspective and your lightness is for for those of you who can't see DJ, she just glows. So I want to thank you for sharing your perspective on so many important things. I want to encourage people to get zombies to zealot reawaken the human spirit at work because it is full of wisdom and perspective for us to share with our clients. It's probably a book that you would want to share with your clients. So DJ, thank you for spending time with us this morning. Honored to. Thank you. And for all those who tune in, I would say zill out. I know I've said it before, and I will say it again. It is such a blessing to meet the different guests that come on this show and to be able to bring their knowledge forward to all of you. I just thank the heavens daily. It is a wonderful honor to be able to do that. And I want to thank DJ Mitch for joining the show today to talk about how we can make an impact and help others reawaken their souls, get out of that zombified state. If you'd like to know more about DJ Mitch or about 
team advantage, be sure to go to the resource page at starcoachshow.com. There's a link there for you to download the zombie rescue kit and to learn more about DJ. In addition, while you're on the website, I'm going to encourage you to sign up for the free book giveaway to explore and see what else you might be interested in on the site and also to live, leave some feedback. If you have any feedback about the show, either leave it on the starcoachshow.com website or even better, leave a rate and review on iTunes. Every positive review we get increases our visibility and brings more listeners to the Star Coach Show and more guests who want to guest on the show. So be sure to come back to the show next week. Brent O'Bannon, who is a certified strengths coach, will be on sharing some great information with us. And you're not going to want to miss it. So this is Meg Ranchler wishing you the very best for your coaching success. We will see you next week.